fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to the week four fantasy preview podcast live on Facebook and many other platforms brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory as always. I'm back. It's me. I'm the truth. Nat Jones with me as always the wolf of Roto Street himself. This is a not not as hyped a reunion as I had hoped. As we were about to go on the air, the wolf goes, oh, I haven't like mentioned to anybody that this is happening. So, you know, probably nobody's going to be watching a little offended not hugely offended but maybe a little uh wolf how are you doing i got a couple reunion questions for you before we get into some of the sponsors of the show and before we get into the meat of the broadcast how's it going what have you been up to fantastic doing fantastic it's it's great to be back with my boy here the truth it's been far too long um doing the solo pod it's just not nearly as fun as much as i hate having to look at your face while we do this now because we're live it is great to be back uh, the fantasy season's going quite well, despite losing McCaffrey in two of three leagues, Saquon in the other. The boys are still hanging in, and I'm thrilled to go week four fantasy preview, baby. We haven't had a good fantasy preview in quite too long. It's time to bring that show back uh, with some great segments planned. So so cheers, man. Good to see you. Cheers to you, too. And uh, this show is actually going to be brought to you by... The glossary term, the glossary term, Road Street Journal glossary, which one of these days is going to be hitting the shelves. But the Road Street Journal glossary, it's going to be brought to you by Aerial Pie, which is, of course, the expected size and distribution of a team's passing attack. Uh, There's some pretty damn good Aerial Pies in the league this year. I think you would agree. And so what I wanted to ask you, Wolf, if you could make your dream Aerial Pie, what would your, say, four ingredients be? Ooh. You gotta have the arm of Mahomes. I mean, that that's always the the key ingredient to any delicious aerial pie. Uh, so that yeah. that arm you just cannot be without. I feel like in terms of wide receiver, I mean, Devontae Adams or Hopkins, like your top two outside receivers, maybe you mix in Tyree Kill to lift the lid. Uh, That's all great. And then, I mean, I guess we're just going to go pure Chiefs, right? Aerial pie doesn't get tastier than in Kansas City because you also got Travis Kelsey there. Uh, Just all ridiculous options. And and why not stir in Alvin Kamara out of the backfield just because he's literally, I mean, if you looked at PPR fantasy points right now in terms of just wide receivers, yeah, Alvin Kamara would be the wide receiver four without any rushing stats, without any rushing starts, just on his receiving alone. It's insane Whoa. what that dude's doing. So he's got to be part of your ideal aerial pie for sure. I mean, when when your quarterback can't throw the ball more than six or seven yards down the field, like you're going to get peppered with a lot of aerial targets. You know, Alan, Alvin Kamara, Kamara is a great choice for aerial pie. Another guy I like, he's not going to be in my top four ingredients right now, but I would not be surprised at all at this time next year, DK Metcalf maybe made his way into my dream aerial pie. I'm just putting I mean, that out there right the now. Dude's a monster. He's averaging 33 yards per deep target. Like it's insane. Yeah. And that's just target, not even reception. Like per target, it's ridiculous what that dude's doing. I mean, he should have had two scores last. He's literally year. giving away touchdowns. Right, uh, awful stuff here. Um, but yeah, no, totally agree. DK is the like the surging ingredient, like that one that. Is, is trendy, but not quite hitting the main shelves. Soon enough, it's going to be the, the, the staple to any decent pie. Yeah, I love it. 
Also, I wanted to talk briefly about reunions since this is such a big one. I'm going to say best movie reunion of all time that I could think of. And I don't know. You might have another one. Thinking when the guys get back together at the end of Shawshank Redemption. I think oh, yeah. Probably the best. I mean, you know, we don't even get to see him talk or anything, but that's pretty satisfying reunion. My uh, friend Andy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the best. My good friend Andy. Nothing better when those two get back together. It's, it's it's uh, worth waiting for. Uh, much better than the Brady and Gronk reunion that we've been subjected to in Tampa right now. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I don't mind it. I, you know, I don't want to be that bitter Pats fan, but I don't mind watching that. Brady's looked okay. Gronk just is, is done. Like, useless. He's, he's ridiculous. All right, so let's talk a little bit about RSJ real quick. Uh, lots happened since the last time you and I did a show together. Just real quick, and then we're going to get into the uh, segment two, our week four trainer's room, which is kind of filled with stuff, a lot of stuff going on in the league, injury-wise, COVID-wise, and everything in between. But real quick, let's get hit me with like three or four highlights that have gone down in the last six months because Road Street Journal's grown a ton recently. It's been fucking awesome, man. And, and, you know, some highlights, I would say. We hit our one millionth view early September. I mean, now we're already, like, far past that. But in just three years, I mean, that's pretty pretty crazy pace for the boys. Uh, so stoked about that. Every month, it seems like we're setting a new monthly record. Like, we hit our, our monthly record in the first five days of September. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's been awesome, exciting growth to hit that many people, that that many people want to tune in to what we're doing. Uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. For sure. I also am thrilled, you know, that the first two weeks I was named the eighth most uh, accurate expert by Fantasy Pros in their contest. That was a huge win. Uh, pumped about that. I left Julio Jones in the rankings. The, the broadcast went too long. I forgot to take him out uh, because it literally went to kickoff. And so my, my sacrifice to you guys out there and anybody tuned in, any likes, comments, shares, always great. Get all your questions and we will have a open mailbag at the end of the show. Uh, but it's great to get any type of exposure added if you're out there tuning in from Facebook or Periscope. I, I guess I forgot to hit the YouTube button. So my fault, YouTube, we will be on here next week. Um, sorry about that. But if you're catching the replay too, thanks again for, for tuning in to us. But yeah, that, that's been awesome. And just this live, just doing this, you know, being able to live stream with you, with some of the guests we've had, like Evan Silva, Scott Barrett. Like right. it's just been a thrill uh, to see the growth of the RSJ. The product continues to improve. The exposure continues to, exp- you know, improve. And I don't think we're too far off from this being the, the full-time baby soon. So I'm excited and I'm loving it, man. It's been a great year for the RSJ. Real quick last. Yeah. Cheers to that real quick. Last comment before we move on. I have heard once or twice now people talking about RSJ like that. I didn't know, uh, <laughs> which made me pretty happy. It is uh, we're, we're moving on to the trainer's room because like I said, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and segment one, unfortunately titled COVID week because we couldn't come up with a snappier title and it's an appropriate thing to label it. I mean, we got Titans and the Steelers We're at risk of postponement, perhaps, the Vikings in Houston, uh, who are the like what opponents of those respective teams, uh, also being checked out. Uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini reported Sunday's game between the Titans and the Steelers has, in fact, been postponed. Elaborate. Yeah, and we don't know exactly till when. Like it could still be Monday. They're saying it could even potentially be Tuesday, and like kind of still count as this week. That would be kind of wild getting Tuesday football, right? Like. Uh, who knows how my week adjusts to that. Um, but it, it's something you have to keep in mind. Yahoo has already said if it gets postponed on Monday or Tuesday, they're going to count it. I don't know how every single platform will handle it. But if you have Steelers, if you have Titans, and even if you have you know some Vikings and Texans, the Vikings being the other team that could have been exposed, 
you have to have backup plans ready. This will be a very telling week. You know, how do these things go down? Does it spread? Are they able to shut it down? And, and if not, what happens there? So, you know, Big Ben, James Conner, Tannehill, Derek Henry, like you have to have backup plans. And we'll give you some of those ideal backup plans when we hit a uh, higher lower Hail Mary, our kind of you know, stalwart segment for our preview in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you got to be wary. You got to be ready. Um, certainly nerve wracking. Let's see how this all goes. They still said that, you know, potentially get it in this week, but I'd rather play it safe than sorry, lose a few fantasy players this week, but not lose the season. Right. Like, uh, so yes. And obviously the, the safety of the players and the, you know, bigger, you know, smaller picture, but bigger as far as fantasy goes, like the league, continuing on the most important thing it just kind of hit me after this came up maybe the next day oh shit like derrick henry's my best player what am i going to do and you know which of course completely selfish i know but like if this say this gets delayed till tuesday i mean is that is that a thing like should can he i mean should i should i be benching this guy yeah, I mean, it, we'll know as we get sooner, right? Like, it, it, as the more days pass without people testing positive, there's one new one today after the, the original eight. So who knows if there's any delayed um, – it, it's such a tricky disease. I'm not going to act like I'm some expert on on you know diseases and sciences here. But ultimately, it, it's so tricky in the fact that symptoms show up late, like that there's so many false positives it could get uglier faster you know, if, if it starts to rise. But if nothing, no no more people test positive, and it was encouraging that no Vikings tested positive as well so far, it seems to me they, they might have shut it down. They, they might have contained it fast. We'll see in these next coming days if five people suddenly test positive tomorrow, then, then we're going to have to imagine it gets shut down. So it's tough to give you a definitive answer. It's just you got to have your backup plan ready for Derrick Henry. And some of your other studs. That's really the only big takeaway. Uh, he's the only stud I got. Yeah. <laughs> my, my other stud, Chris Godwin. So we'll be getting to him shortly as well. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Um, well, George Kittle, speaking of a stud that was on the pine for a while, is going to be coming back. I have a friend who got George Kittle in our auction league, and he has just been irate all season. Because you know how certain players just absolutely destroy you personally sometimes? So every time you play them, they just destroy you. Yeah. And then you get them the next year and you're like, yeah. And then they're, then they destroy you again, but for the wrong reasons. Yep. Like then the, so that's, what's been going on with him. But oh. so I, I played him last week and I beat him by like a hundred and Kittle was sitting on the pond the whole time. Uh, <laughs> George Kittle knee injury. He was a full go in Wednesday's practice ahead of week four. Uh, should his owners be rejoicing in the streets? Do you think it's going to be business as usual for him? Absolutely. I mean, Kittle is Kittle. If he's in, he's in your lineup. He's top three in the tight end rankings. And if he's full go, you got to imagine he's going to be in this week, right? He's gotten it done with Mullins before in the past. Mullins, who just, I think, was like second or third in passing last week. Uh, The guy can operate this offense quite well. He's perfect for what Shanahan wants to do. Get it out quick. Let your playmakers do their thing. Be accurate. Like Mullins can do that stuff. And that's why he had great stats without being a wow player last week. So if Kittle's in, he's obviously in your lineup without zero, you know, no hesitation at all, especially because the Eagles as a defense floundering too. So you got to feel great about getting Kittle back, especially on offense, still lacking playmakers with Debo almost back, but not quite there yet. Uh, between Kittle, Ayuk, uh, you know, the running backs being Jared out. McKinnon, Who's that? Jarek McKinnon, maybe. Love me some Jarek McKinnon, baby. Uh, absolutely the, the guy this week. I This offense, I think, is primed for a huge explosion. If you have any 
ability to buy low on Kittle. Now, I don't think it will be this week quite yet. I want to see Garoppolo back. I think Debo Samuel back. But we saw Ayuk, a perfect fit for that run-after-the-catch style offense last week. They have all these pieces, and I think it's only a matter of time before we see this offense just hit like 25, 30. They even put up 33 last week with Mullins and no weapons. So like this offense is going to be cooking, and Kittle is the ultimate by low, in my opinion. If you can somehow get him before this week, uh, if his owner's floundering, if his owner hates him, like a personal vengeance like yours does, yeah. Yeah. I, I would be tossing out some offers and seeing if I can get George Kittle because he's going to be a machine in an offense that I think is going to hum very, very well. You really, really, really sound like you believe in the Niners, just uh, Kittle aside. I mean, this is a lot of praise you're heaping on, and this is a team that's been ravaged by injuries early, but it sounds like you're expecting things to turn around, and when they do, turn around strong, strong, strong. Absolutely. And the injury ravage, and maybe it's just from a fantasy perspective. I could care less how they do in their, you know, wins, yeah. losses column, but an injury ravage defense. And if the offense takes that, that next big step, I expect from them. Um, it, that's the recipe. That's what we're seeing with Seattle right now, right? Like right. an offense that took another step forward and has a defense that is just paper thin. It's just Every week, target that game. I think that's what the C, uh, the 49ers could become. I think their defense will be a little bit stronger than anything Seattle rolls out. But, I mean, now we're thinking – I'm just thinking like Seattle versus 49ers in that division. Rams versus 49 Like there's going to be some great you know, just balls-to-the-wall shootouts coming out soon. Once Debo, Kittle, all these guys are back. You know, Obviously, Garoppolo, who's, who's expected to miss this week again. But, again, Mullins, I, I'm all about this offense taking another step, yes. All right. Well, speaking of studs that were on the shelf and are now maybe not Michael Thomas, this is a guy that somebody spent like 68 bucks for in our auction, which I just thought was insane, even as great as he is. He did return to practice on Wednesday. Of course, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Do you think that Thomas, I mean, Thomas might be the best receiver in football. Maybe I'm probably more of a Hopkins guy, but Breeze kind of seems like maybe a, maybe washed. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, the offense does look hideous with Breeze. Like the the A dot, the average depth of target is disgusting. How you know, noodle arm. He, Breeze does not look willing to take shots down the field. But Thomas, ultimately, that kind of plays into Thomas's game. So good off the slants and the short stuff. He really just can't be guarded on those types of throws. Week one was a, an abysmal performance, but I, I really think Thomas could rebound and rebound huge. And it could be as early as this week facing Detroit. That's one of my favorite like shootout style games for this week. I think Stafford with Galladay back. I think those teams could go back and forth. And we saw it with Breezy. You know, even if he is washed and he looks worse than he's ever looked, even last week against the Packers, he didn't he doesn't need that arm strength because the offense masks all his 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 flaws, all his um arm strength arm strength, his lack of arm strength, right? They don't need him to be anything special uh, because of how good Thomas is in that short game. I think he, similar to Kittle, if you were somehow able to buy low on Kittle and or Thomas over this little absence, um, yeah. he's not going to return until he's ready to you know fully go. He's moving well in practice. Um, it, it, uh, Schefter the entire time has been saying t- week four is the week, and, and Detroit is just a perfect welcome back matchup. Plus Jared Cook not practicing like, Get Thomas. Don't don't hesitate. Don't overthink Thomas. Get him right back into your lineup. Uh, despite Breeze's inefficiencies right now, I really think Thomas should be right back to a top three, five fantasy receiver at worst. Yeah, even with even with a shell of himself, Drew Breeze, I have a hard time believing that that won't happen. I really do. I, I think the guy's just fantastic. Um, exactly. Speaking of Saints um, with injuries, Jared Cook, due to his groin, 
And this is something that me and Jared Cook have in common. We obviously have a ton in common, but this is the main thing. I hurt my groin uh, playing pickleball with my daughter in the driveway recently. Um, and by recently, I mean like a couple hours ago. So I'm actually, I'm playing through pain right now, buddy. Jared <laughs> Cook. Warrior you. <laughs> That's why you sweep the driveway of leaves before you play sports on it. It's something you learn when you get into those uh you, you know, bordering on middle age years, that happens a lot more frequently. Not, not you know, injured on the field of play, injured by leaf. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, it was kind of wet out there. Oh, uh, my good Lord. Yeah. And anyway, so I took a, a bad fall. And so now me and Jared Cook, both sidelines, um, his injury more significant for most fantasy players. But uh, he basically, I remember he left the, when I saw, I saw that happen and he was clearly like in a lot of pain and limped off the field. Yeah. Absolutely. And and part of that is just to emphasize again, Thomas is going to return to a alpha target hog role. Um, Alvin Kamara, as we said, you know, 31% of the targets already on the year, just more work for him already. Uh, and then, you know, Troutman, this rookie, very beastly athlete, only 2,500 on DraftKings, just kind of threw that one in there to toss that name out there. But if you're desperate at tight end, we'll give you some Hail Marys. I mean, Eric Ebron was on the waivers in a lot of leagues. Mo Alley Cox, give me Mo Cox, baby. Uh, th- there's plenty of talent to fill these deficiencies. And I'm going to give you a name later that is 100% out there in all leagues that I think will yet again. 100%. Uh, he's uh, or 97%. So All if you're right. 3% that owns this guy, congratulations. You're, you're a pretty sharp mind. But there is a guy that when we get to uh, higher, lower Hail Mary, I will shout out that I think, you know, I want to guarantee he scores a touchdown this week. So when you're, I, I'm totally intrigued. I'm going to definitely hang around. Uh, yes. You know, when you're talking about someone who's 100% available, you're talking about like us. Yes, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> even, even like, I mean, there, I guarantee you there's tons of people who own like Antonio Brown. I'll bet there's people who own Terrell Owens. <laughs> no one's a hundred percent available. Um, yes. This, this guy's 97% available. Could make some noise. We'll talk about him later. Chris Godwin, as this flashes up on the screen, it just kills me. Um, he's likely to miss two weeks. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Rappaport reports that he is almost certainly going to miss that time due to the hamstring. Hate hamstring injuries. Godwin, other than Derrick Henry, the the other two guys I spent the most on on my auction, and so I don't know. I, I'm I'm personally bothered a lot by this. You think Tom Brady, slot receiver? I mean, I realize it's not like 2011 or whatever, but still, I thought that looked good. Godwin's been out twice now, huh? Yeah, yeah, and it's it, what's weird is. You know, what's your your backup plan, right? It, it seems like it should be Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, right. But Scotty Miller has played best when Godwin's actually in the lineup. I don't know why. I don't know what the correlation would be. We've only seen three weeks of it, so I'm not going to sit here and say Godwin He's has also to. also maybe hurt, right? Scotty yeah, Miller. Yeah, Scotty Miller is also questionable too. So, I mean, let's just talk about Mike Evans. Mike right. Evans' show. Like last time Godwin was out in week two, Evans bounced right back, had his monster typical day. And we still haven't seen like – 35 40 point Evans that could happen as early as this week uh but yeah you just got to have your backup plan ready for Chris Godwin uh, as always we have some Hail Mary receivers my favorite another slot maven we're going to talk about in a little bit um there's definitely some some intriguing plays off the wave wire Scotty Miller the immediate just like okay I go for this guy 17% owned he's had two out of three usable weeks should be okay with Godwin out but 
there's some guys I like better that we're going to discuss in, in a little yeah, bit. There have to be guys you like better. It's like, if you're going to take the plunge on Scotty Miller, that's already a leap of faith. And then if you're like, Oh, here's the thing. He's not, he's not really healthy. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I can see rolling the dice on a not quite healthy. Mike Evans, uh, not quite healthy. Scotty Miller. Yeah. Hasn't quite know. earned that goodwill with you, us. Yet, you can, no, no, you could probably do better. All right, let's move to segment three. And this is trading tips of the week. And this is something that you said you were a little bit surprised uh, the amount of, I guess, response you got from putting this out there to, you know, social media land. How'd yeah, that go? absolutely. I mean, I put out a tweet just if, if I'm doing a preview podcast because I knew we were about to get our, our gears back in order um, and bring the band back together. And the most requested segment by far was help me with trades. I don't know one who to target two just overall strategies for becoming a better trader. Um, and, and it makes sense if people one, we, I will recommend on rotorystreetjournal.com, a new writer, Jackson Barrett, really smart. I mean, works in accounting, like very just business minded in ways that I will never understand. Um, but he wrote a great preseason uh, article about five trading tips that every owner should follow. Great article, and I'm probably going to be pulling a lot from here when I give a trading tip of the week. Um, but it, it seems to be a, a segment that not a lot of places are doing, buy low, sell high included. And so I just wanted to work at least one buy low, one sell high, and one little trading, the overall trading tip into every podcast because okay. that's what the Wolfpack wants. That's what the Wolf's going to give them, you know? We're going to give the Wolfpack what they want. Exactly. And, and so my, my tip of the week, just for any trade you're doing, is – Always emphasize your opponent's strengths, not weaknesses. Now, I've seen so many offers that open with like, hey, dude, your fucking running backs blow. Like, That's that how they all open. Nobody ever does this that you're talking about. So it must inherently, I believe it must be right. Nobody ever comes to me with like, uh, hey, man, I noticed you're really like strong in this area. They're always like, you suck. You suck. Everything right. about you sucks. You should come and trade with me right now because like I'm your only chance to even be mediocre. <laughs> Exactly. And and already the gauntlet's right. been like, I hate you at this point. Like I not like I want to fight you. Exactly. Whatever offer you make at this point, I don't give a shit. It's a matter of pride. You're not going to be the one to save me and I don't need to be saved you motherfucker. Like I I hate that. I'm You're running back stuck, dude. You want to trade with me? I got really good ones. Shut the fuck up. Right. And then they're and then they want to just take you to the cleaners. Too. Exactly. So that's never the way to open a discussion. I mean, any type of bargaining, anything. You never want to start with emphasizing someone's flaws, someone's weaknesses. You should say, hey man, I'm pretty weak at, at receiver right now. And I noticed you got a stacked core. Like you did a great job, guy. You don't yeah, have to I wish I could drive. Drive like you. create a little goodwill, right? Get a little nice positivity. Rather than, you know, an immediate just you suck. Uh, hey, you're really good. Like at this position, I'm I'm pretty bad, like kind of playing a little humble role. Now, you don't want to undersell yourself. Like I'm desperate, right? Like you, I'll do anything for your receivers. Of course not. <laughs> but you still want to, you know, play that humble card. Like we can help each other here. Uh, I noticed you, you might benefit from a wide receiver three is a lot better than saying your wide receivers fucking blow you loser. So I always try to emphasize the opponent's strength, open with a little compliment, get some good vibes, some good juju going on. And then let's, it makes it just so much more facilitatable. Now, obviously there are leagues like, <laughs> so I wanted, I want to ask you something. I want to ask, so first of all, I agree with everything that you're saying. And I'm just trying to think about how this would look in practice, like for myself and for the people I'm in leagues with, man, it complicates it when they're guys that like you went to like middle school with. And that's and exactly you, what I was just going to say. You just, you know, like I cannot imagine 
if my good friend came to me and was like being nice to me, I would absolutely suspect that something terrible was going on. And I, exactly. I, would, I would, I would probably attack him more over that than I would if he just came in. With <laughs> I would probably just be like, what do you think? I'm fucking stupid. Like, get out of here. Exactly. And that was just gonna, that's literally the point I was going to make is you can read your room, your, your league, right? Like I have my Fez league. I've been in for 15 years now and those are my boys and we don't need to fucking pussyfoot and like dance with each other before we make a trade. Exactly what you're saying. If I start complimenting a buddy, they're like, all right, what's going on here? Like you've never said anything nice to me in the 25 years that we've been like friends. Why, why are you suddenly, you know, you're, you're going to be a slime ball. You're trying to sleaze me here. Fuck you. I, so there is definitely that side of things too. It depends on the league. Depends on, you know, you got to read the room. Um, cause, cause it, it might make people suspicious if you start suddenly being this nice, beautiful, you know, savior to somebody, you don't want to do that either. Um, but it's all about understanding your league. Even in those leagues, it still never helps to be like, you fucking suck. And everything. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't might- help, but you can't, but you can't help it, man. Exactly. I'm not going to like tell these guys like I think the world of them. I don't. I hate them. Like exactly. I mean, it, it is a matter of how much do you want to improve your team versus no, that's fair. Want to rub it in your fucking opponent's face. Both could be equally satisfying. So I get it. But that, you know, in general, it is better to even if you don't want to overdo it and be like, yeah, I love your receivers, bro. You know, just yeah, I don't know. There's a fine line. You got to just know where that line is. It never helps to say you fucking suck. You need me because nobody's going to ever respond to that the right way. And there's also, as you're saying, you know, if it's your league from 20 years and it's your best buddies, you also don't want to be this like, you know, I, I'm this so happy and nice to you, even though I've never been in my entire life. Like there is that fine line, but opening it up with goodwill in the sense of, hey, we can both improve each other is always the way to, to start a trade. Never that you suck and you need me. None of that shit. And, and it happens so t- way too often. Um, and, and a trade will never happen with me if somebody opens it that way. <laughs> this is great advice. I, I've been watching a, a master class uh, online uh, on negotiation with the FBI, FBI's former uh, yeah, Chris Voss. I love that. hostage negotiator. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, uh, I love a lot that. of this stuff's in it. <laughs> so I support it. Um, all right, let's talk about some guys that maybe you should be buying low on or some guys you should be selling high on. So give me a couple of those. One of the sell high guy I'm very interested in. Let's start with the buy low. Yeah, I think all your Texans. I mean, they've had a brutal stretch here against two of the top defenses, uh, the Ravens and the Steelers. And now you get a chance to to kind of look at the soft schedule. Vikings, Jaguars, Titans, Packers. Uh, I mean, Jags again. Browns, like none of those next six matchups scare you at all. And they've been performing okay as an offense, but certainly not like the Deshaun Watson you'd normally expect. Um, Quarterback 21, quarterback 18 these last few weeks. Brandon Cooks has been next to useless. David Johnson hasn't done a whole lot in the running back rankings, even though he scored a couple touchdowns. So their owners might be ready to move these guys right and this offense i still think has some good upside certainly less than when they had an alpha target hog what the fuck was that trade nobody will ever understand it um but i do think when these soft matchups you know hit 
with Cooks finally getting a little healthy. Fuller's still looking pretty healthy. for. He might be the guy I don't buy in on just because of the health factor. I don't buy in on Fuller at all, man. Never. But that's why I like Cooks a little bit is, is I think yeah, Cooks like a little bit. underperforming, um, hasn't done much, hasn't really been fully healthy, but rounding into gear. Those are the guys I'm targeting. Watson, Cooks, and David Johnson. David Johnson looks like the David Johnson, maybe not of 2016, but – Certainly a lot more burst than we saw at the end of last year, getting around the corner. Fine. He still has that nose for the end zone. I think when this soft slate hits, we're going to see this, this Texans team get back to their like 25 to 30 point ways over these next uh, six weeks. And I think if you can get them at the, the price that they've been performing at right now, it makes total sense to just toss out some feelers, see if their owners are, you know, zero and three and try to capitalize on that. I would love to buy low on some Texans. All right. It's good to hear. I'm in a league right now with 12 teams in it, and eight of us are two and one. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a few pretty terrible teams, but I was, I was, I hadn't looked at the standings. I was two and one, and I lost one game barely. And I was like, man, I'll bet I'm at the top of the pile. And I looked, and it's an eight way tie for first. So <laughs> I'm not feeling too good right now. Competitive um, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know that there's some other teams also that you put in that kind of category where they might be worth buying lawn, but the Texans is your go-to team on this, right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about who you would sell high because man, I get conflicting reports on this. Guy. There's some people, right. The ticking time bomb. Okay. So I guess actually I agree with you on this. Like Connor has been okay, but man, doesn't he, don't you just feel like his bones are going to break <laughs> at, any, at any point, you know, it, it's terrifying to own James Connor. He, Got knocked out, what, six different injuries last year? Like, it, it, it's what yeah, you convinced me to draft him over Nick Chubb last year. Thank uh, you so much. I mean, I, I that's, you know, the wolf gets more right than he gets wrong. Man, that one stuck in my craw. And it should, and it should hurt, yes. Uh, but, I mean, in, in my opinion, that just emphasizes what's wrong with James Conner is it wasn't just one injury that kept him out last year. It was anytime he got back in the game, he hurt something new. It wasn't a re-aggravation. There was literally six different ailments last year that kept him out at different periods. So now we've got back-to-back running back one games. If and when he lasts, he's going to be a running back one. He's playing almost 70% of the snaps, seeing 70% of the work in an offense that Big Ben looks great. Like there's no question marks there anymore. Big Ben is back and he, he looks legit. The receivers are all performing. Deontay Johnson, as long as he's not concussed, looks like a stud. This offense is very good. And Connor is in line for 70% of the work every time he's in there. I love everything about that, except for the fact that he's not going to be in there all that much longer, in my opinion. Now, of course, injury roulette, like how you can't predict the future, but we did see him get so banged up last year. Even week one, we saw that. Think about the anger you might have had if you're a Connor owner, seeing him on the sidelines and costing you week one on Monday Night Football. There was anger. Some some serious anger, right? Yeah. And so if people are right now that the hype is so high on this guy about he's back, you know, if you passed on Connor, you were an idiot. I think if you don't sell him now before that inevitable injury happens, it might not be this week. He's got a great matchup this week if COVID doesn't ruin that one against the Titans. But it's only a matter of time. So you got two back to back running back one games. If you can sell him for like a a really, you know, high-end wide receiver two or low-end wide receiver one. Depends on your roster always with trades. But there's definitely some value right now to what Connor's, you know, perceived worth is. And the perceived worth, again, is a running back one. If he plays the next 15 games, he's going to finish in the top seven running backs. He's not going to play the next 15 games. No, exactly. He's not. (laughs) 
But I mean, so basically what you're saying, you would, would you take 80 cents on the dollar for this guy? Probably. Right. I mean, because, you know, we're talking about selling high and I mean, maybe somebody thinks they're getting a really good deal. at I mean, and maybe they are, you know, but you would feel more comfortable taking a guy who has not produced this much, but you feel it's like a more solid bet to play more games down the stretch. Absolutely. And and you could look at like, let's say you lost, or let's say somebody lost Saquon or somebody lost Christian McCaffrey these next four weeks, like, or, or, you know, somebody had Michael Thomas and now they're 0-3. That's the type of move you got to start thinking about, start thinking about maybe, maybe even Kittle, right? Like Kittle coming back. Give me James Conner. Um, I mean, give me, give me Kittle over James Conner. Like trade, trade him away to somebody who's struggling because of one of these injury guys uh, or somebody has a huge running back hole but would be willing to trade you their second rounder, uh, it, whether that's, you know, Mike Evans, whoever that might be. I really think this is the time to sell high on James Conner because bell cows are at such a premium. Um, it, it's tough to get rid of one that's a clear alpha. It's going to you know, kind of sting to get rid of it. But when he gets hurt in a week or two and you, you fleeced you know, a nice wide receiver one because of it, you'll, you'll be thanking me. That's, that's my opinion on James Conner, at least. Do you, do you find yourself to be less likely to want to trade with someone again when they got the better of you in a trade? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you I've been... Did you know, blundered in a trade and, and just sprawled across the floor of over yeah. trade. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, I, it's bad luck. It's bad karma. You've already had a bad history. Yeah. No, no. And, way. I, and I blame them. Like I, I blame that person that also, that, you know, you knew you were it's, it's not a logical thing. This game that we love so much. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to segment number four, higher, lower. And of course, everybody's favorite, the hail Mary, um, the guy that we're higher on. I love hearing you suck this guy off. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Guy, guy, you don't get to hear the wolf say too many flattering things about, but you got to admit he looks pretty good. Damn, dude, I was dead wrong. Probably my worst tweet of the off season. What, what was your tweet? What was the tweet? This will make you laugh. Is uh, I well, I'm sure. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater outscores Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think it's even close. <laughs> oh, good lord, what was I fucking thinking? There is one area that Teddy Bridgewater is. Gonna, is better than Aaron Rodgers. And we both know what that area is. He was in the original RSJ nutcracker set for a reason. <laughs> um, but no, other than that, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just unbelievable. I mean, you know, you got your, what do you think? You think there's three, four guys better than everybody. I mean, you got your Mahomes, your Wilson. I'd put Rodgers in that category. I mean, Lamar's great. He looked pretty human on Monday night. I got to admit. Yeah. Exactly. Rodgers is in that echelon, right? It, he a hundred percent is. Um, and, and it's a pretty elite echelon. Even Josh Allen now in their deck, Prescott, Kyler Murray. Um, I can't put them in the same category as those guys though. You put yeah. Josh Allen up there with those guys. Maybe not real life wise, but fantasy. I mean, he's gone like okay. He Fan- okay. Right. Oh, real I life. Forgot this was a fantasy podcast. Yeah. We're, we're talking about fantasy, not real yeah, life. Okay. Of course. That's fair. Um, fantasy wise. The guy's been a fucking monster. Yeah, he but has. You're right. That, that's the thing is like uh, it, it, uh, you don't need me to sit here and say Aaron Rodgers is, is having a great year. He's on the FU tour. He's he's been a beast. Even last week, you know, without Devonte Adams, I was like, okay, this is the week he goes backwards. I had my ability to hate on him a little bit, and I was wrong again because Lazard was the one that stepped up. He still had twenty five fantasy points. Aaron Rodgers, the guy's getting it done no matter who's there. Just because he is so fired up about the team drafting Jordan Love, and I, and I respect it for the first time. I think I actually respect something about Aaron Rodgers, and that's taking me a long time to ever say that. 
but the dude is fucking balling even no matter who's out there who he's playing with he's elevating everyone around him um and, and so this is just to say you know i have him above kyler murray i have him above dak i have yeah, him above Josh Allen this week um it's it's because of atlanta as well he's facing the team that's giving oh, up the God. most to quarterbacks uh, it's on Monday night football, so prime time. You know Rodgers is always a little more hyped up for. Devonta Adams should be back. This team's going to put up 40 against I- Atlanta, and it's a matter of how many of it's Aaron Jones versus how much of it is Rodgers. But he ha- he's, he's easily top five quarterback for me, whereas ECR has him right around QB 8 or 9. Again, we're not saying anybody's benching Rodgers. got him QB 8 or 9 against the Falcons? That, that's what I'm saying because everybody's all in on Dak. We know Allen Robinson had like 30 fantasy points against the Falcons. 100%. Everybody has. There's literally nobody who hasn't gone off against. Right. You put Robinson, I think, third overall on your wide receivers list last yeah. week. And, and, I mean, and he was. And it was yeah. solely it wasn't because, like, the quarterback play for the Bears is so stellar. It was nope. just like, well – you know, anybody can score all the points they want against the Falcons. Again, teaser for the hypothetical, the Falcons will be featured in it. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I support you here. I just think it's crazy that the ECR has them as low as that, given the matchup. I mean, the Falcons are a proven commodity at this point. Exactly. Exactly. If Nick Foles is on pace for six touchdowns and 360 yards against them, like, you know, what's Aaron Rodgers going to fucking do? It's going to be a bloodbath. So he has to be top five, whereas he's ranked outside the top seven right now. You mean you, you mean former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles? Yes, exactly. Oh, oh, just checking if we were talking about the same guy. Uh, All right. Lower. Joe Burrow. Again, I agree. I hate to agree with you this much, but, man, I agree with you. What, do you th- what are your thoughts on Joe Burrow in general? I, I, I do think he's very legit. Like, he has looked good – as a rookie behind a horrible line that's not really given him much time to operate. Like he he stood tall in the face of pressure. He's delivered some nice throws. I, I think he's gonna be the real deal. I really do. And this is not this lower rank isn't me saying I'm down on Burrow necessarily, because I, I he's going to be a good quarterback in my opinion. You could be down on the Bengals and by association be down on Burrow, and I certainly wouldn't blame you for that. Exactly. And that and that's kind of what this boils down to is I don't love the Bengals. Um, I do like the matchup against the Jaguars. I mean, how can you not? The Jaguars are horrible. But you look at this week, and it's just so stacked at quarterback. You know, people are ranking Burrow ahead of Stafford, ahead of Breeze, who I think are going to go back and forth in a shootout. Ahead of Big Ben, who, if they play, gets a Tennessee team that had no time to practice and prepare together for each other. So it's more so a matter of – it's not that I hate Burrow this week. It's that there's a lot of options I have above him. So whereas he's ranked as a, you know QB ten as like a lock in your lineup, and again back to back weeks with at least twenty points, like he has looked good and he is solid. But there there's definitely 13, 14 more guys I'd rather have over Burrow. Whereas most are ranking him as a top ten guy this week, and I'm just not buying it. I agree a hundred percent. Let's talk hail mary. I love this as a hail mary. This guy, this guy just. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this guy. He cracks me up so much. He's so ridiculous. He's played for like 14 teams. He went to Harvard. He's like had big games against great teams. Like, I mean, didn't he bounce the Patriots one of these times? Or am I thinking of something else? He he sent somebody packing. No, you're right. Yeah. You, I mean, he didn't bounce the Patriots. No, but he put them, he put them, he made it so they didn't have home field or something. Um, He did something rough to them, Ryan. Of course, we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, the ageless wonder who was it last year that after like two games, he had had passed for like a thousand yards or something like that. 
That was a couple. That was a two years ago for the Bucks. Oh yeah, when he yeah. when like, and then he came out as Conor McGregor. At, uh, yep. <laughs> at a press I mean, come on, you gotta love the guy. You gotta you love gotta the love guy. Him. And he's a, and he's not a bad hail mary. I mean, you wouldn't want this guy to be your starting quarterback in general. But like, if you're in a pinch, if you got one of these uh, COVID guys, why not? Right. And I have Big Ben, so that's exactly what I'm looking at. Is this is the ideal little backup plan for Big Ben uh, or any of those guys that might be out? Because as you said, he's a blast to root for. So you you get to wake up on Sunday and be like, okay, he might ruin my fantasy yeah, week. He might throw six picks in the first time. It's the best. And the pictures you can send your opponents, if he does steamroll them, That's even true. better. And there's a lot of reasons why he could steamroll this week, why I think he will steamroll this week. One, the dude has been a points factory the last nine weeks, since he took over since week seven. This this stat blew my mind. I like how good has Fitzmagic been since he became the starter. When he became the starter in week seven last, last year, only Lamar Jackson had more points at quarterback than him. What? I, I swear to God, blows my mind. But yes, only Lamar Jackson had more fantasy points than Fitzmagic from week seven on, which is insanity. Um, yeah. He has the most DraftKings points since week nine of last year of any quarterback, even more than Lamar. Um, he's averaged 22.8 fantasy points per game since he became a starter. So many, I think like 65% of his games have been top 10 and like half of those have been top seven. So, I mean, the guy has a track record of, of blowing up. Now, when he doesn't blow up, he he, he really combusts. Like, you know really? you're getting 25 or you're getting four because he's going to throw three picks and gets benched. That's the risk of starting him. But if you're in a position where you have to start Fitzmagic anyways, you're, you're not hoping for 14. You're not hoping for 15. Like, you know you're going to lose unless you get 30 from Fitzmagic. Not an upside, definitely. He's got the chance to do it because beyond his own track record of getting it done, he also gets the Seahawks this week, who have given up the second most to, to only the Falcons have given up more. They're have, surrendering a whopping 1,319 yards to quarterbacks over the first three weeks. That averages out to 439 yards. 7,034-yard 16-game pace right now is what they are, are currently giving up. So this is a team that everything scripts right for a big Fitzmagic game. They can put up their points. They're going to put up their points against Miami. Let's be real here. Like, we know that's going to happen. And Fitzmagic's going to have to play comeback mode. And that's when he's at his deadliest. Uh, so I I really like Fitzmagic to have a huge week uh, playing comeback mode against these Seahawks. All right, pick them up, stream them. Let's go to running backs. There's a guy that you're higher on, Zach Moss. And the discrepancy between your ranking and the ECR is, well, it's a lot. You got him, I think, 28 on your board. The ECR's got him, what, 59? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I mean, that's – I know you're a, you're a cowboy and you're a, you're a dare taker and all this stuff. That's big even for you. Why do you like Zach Moss so much more than the so-called experts? And my guess is that will start to – you know how there's, there's certain ones like Michael Thomas right now I'm like plus 30 on. There's like injury ones that yeah. start to kind of the gap will close. It'll close on Moss, but I don't think anyone's going to have them above their RB40. Um, and, and I don't see why not. One, the dude gets the Raiders. We just saw what Rex fucking Burkhead did to the Raiders. And I get Rex Burkhead was the lead. I actually called Rex Burkhead. I'll, you know, victory lap that one. That was my my Hail Mary of last week. on our, our Two years ago, you fucking loved the guy. I love him. I love him when he's going to get the work. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the Raiders are giving up the most passing yards to running backs. They're the second most touchdowns on the ground behind only Carolina. And what does Zach Moss do? He's the third down guy. He's the goal line guy in that kind of Frank Gore role. He played right under, you know, 45% of the snaps. Singletary looks very good. Singletary is a good running back. He looked great last week. 
but they they want a different hammer in there. I think Moss has two touchdown upside. He could catch, you know, four balls for uh, rip them through this defense. The Raiders are so bad giving up the most points to running backs right now. And all the ways they give up points are all the roles that Zach Moss fills on this team. So I really like Zach Moss. I saw him get dropped in a few leagues. I picked him up wherever I saw him and I'm plugging him right into a running back two spot this week. No doubt. All right. Guy that you're lower on again, we're, we're in sync on these David Montgomery. Speaking of people that I hate, uh, you know, he might be, he might be a nice guy. I don't know. So maybe I shouldn't say as a person players that I hate, I hate him as a player. If he was a woman that I saw at the, how would you describe David Montgomery? If he was a woman that you saw in a bar? Oh man, that's a, you're putting me on the spot with this one. David Montgomery, yeah. a woman at the bar, like, like that you're in, you know, maybe interested in you're like, you're open to meeting somebody. You see David Montgomery in this reality. He's a woman who's also maybe open to meeting somebody. Gotcha. So, so this is what David Montgomery would be is, is, you know, you, you see him at the bar and you're like, okay, you know, good looking. I, I see the figure. I like it. Like I, this is a girl I'll go want to go buy a drink and, and talk to. Right. Sure. And just everything about the package is nice. Just like David Montgomery, three down horse with Tariq Cohen gone. Like a, Why a wouldn't nice you fall in package should be a beast, right? All, all the volumes is. He had 260 fucking touches last year. It already was his. And now Tariq Cohen's gone. So everything is, is beautifully packaged. It looks great. And then like you start to talk and maybe the breath's horrible. Maybe the conversation's awful. Maybe it's just like, I can't fucking stand a minute of whatever we're talking about. Something's not quite right. Something is not right. And the the more and more you talk and get into it, the worse and worse it becomes, the less you want to be around. And, And that's what David Montgomery is to me is like, everything looks like it should be good and everything should pan out nicely. And it's just doesn't the more and more you get in, because I just don't think he's that good. He looks better either. this year. I'll give him that. Like he looks better this year than he did last year. There's no doubt about that. You couldn't really look much worse. Um, but uh, to me, he's one of those guys getting ranked in your top 15 running backs by most, you know, top 17 at minimum uh, for the ECR right now. And it, it's just like, okay, everyone's so hyped that the Cohen's down. It's going to be a three down show. I don't think it will. I think Corderell Patterson will be involved. So there's one of you're like, Oh, I didn't like yeah, that. Well, about from the past. We yeah, could do right. One bar show on him. Definitely. Oh yeah, we've we've had at least one or two on him before. <laughs> oh yeah, Corderell. Uh The Colts are also a good matchup. You know, a, a tough matchup rather. Not a good matchup for him. A good defense against running backs. They're six best right now. Good linebacking core. I think I really think the Colts actually end up kind of stifling this entire team. Everyone hyped up about Foles. Everyone hyped up about Cohen being out. I don't think we see this team do much at all. These Bears. Um, so between time of possession, game flow, I just, I think we get like a, a your usual 60 yard day. You look at the guy and think he's going to be a, a home run 120 and two based on the outer appearance. And the more and more you talk to, to her at the bar, it's just like, oh God, you're just a, a dud. It's kind of how, you know, that's the question. <laughs> yeah. Does that, I mean, does that answer your, uh, does that fit the type? It, it does. And I mean, I, you know, as you were saying, I put you on the spot because I didn't have a great answer, but I mean, the more I thought about it, the more you were forcing me to think about it, the more I was just like, I'm not sure I believe in him as a talent. Like yeah. a lot of these guys, like I just, you know, I'm not sure I believe in him as a talent. There've been guys like that before that have come along and you just see him and, you know, they just don't quite pass the eye test after you've seen him. They're like good, but not great. Um, mediocre, but not good. Something like that. So anyway, yeah, yeah I, I'm down on him also. I, I wouldn't really want to be in the Montgomery business, especially not this week. 
Hail Mary, Brian Hill, Falcons running back Brian Hill, owned by 2% of owners in ESPN leagues, I believe, handled nine carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. He also caught one of three targets for 22 yards uh, in the week's the team's week three loss to the Bears, and quite a loss that was. Again, yeah. I keep hinting at the hypothetical and the Falcons and so on. They can really lose a game just about any way against anybody at any time. Um, Hill had a nice game. Like you said, 2% of the people have him. Do you think there's any chance this could replicate itself? It's Again, this is Hail Mary for a reason, right? Like Burkhead was kind of a layup last week because we knew James White was going to be out. We knew the Raiders, who I just raved about for Zach Moss, were the matchup. They, they, everything aligned for him, and, and still owners weren't really playing him. And there's there's no clear path right now for Brian Hill. Gurley's still there. I don't like Gurley. I don't think Gurley looks good at all. Uh, but he's he's there, and he's the starter. He's he's plays you know 55, 60% of the snaps. But we did see a, a 12% increase in usage for Brian Hill this week. When he was in, he just looked so much exp- more explosive than Gurley has looked all year. Pretty much replicated Gurley's stats uh, as you just reeled off with, you know, five less touches. Uh, and, and this is the guy that's kind of in when they get down. And I imagine as we raved about Rodgers, the, the Falcons are going to get down early and often against this team. And if they need to be up tempo, they're going to want the the more the, the just zip that Brian Hill brings compared to Todd Gurley. So it's desperate. Hopefully you're not this desperate this early in the season. The the running back Hail Marys typically are much more necessary later on. But if you're desperate right now, at least stashing Brian Hill is something I like to do. All right. Sounds good. Brian Hill. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm a believer in them as an offense. If you told me there was another guy that was all of a sudden going to start putting up points. You know, I guess that's why it's Hail Mary. Because like I'm sitting yeah. here saying, like, wow, oh, that probably won't happen. It's like if it probably was gonna happen, it wouldn't be a Hail Mary. Let's exactly. talk wide receiver. Devontae Parker. I'm assuming this is at least attached to your uh, you know, your Hail Mary in another category that we just talked about. You like Devontae to to just blow up? We've 100%. been we've been dancing around Devontae Parker for a long time. It's, it's been a bad we're on these guys. Sometimes we're early on guys, sometimes we're late on guys. Uh, he seems like a guy that we were what, like a year or two too early on, and maybe I think everybody was. He's been such a fucking experience for everybody, right? Like, yeah, the Devonte Parker tango is not a fun one. But last year, I talked about Fitzmagic taking over Week Seven and being, you know, the quarterback two behind only Lamar Jackson. Well, over that span, Michael Thomas was the only receiver who outscored Devonte Parker, the wide receiver two, <laughs> and, and that's just like a testament to that report. <laughs> It's crazy, Why are you right? Coming up with these numbers, it's I, I, I you think they're make believe? Like they, they, no, I believe you. I'm just genuinely shocked. It is. It's shocking. Um, but to me, you know, Parker, he has that rapport. The bombs away. Let me just throw it and chuck it. Um, and so far this year, the matchups haven't really quite aligned. His hamstring's been a little dinged up, so we haven't seen a true blow up from Parker. But last week, he, he seemed to be getting his legs a bit under him. He, he says he's as healthy as he's been. And now he gets the Seahawks, who we raved about how many yards they've given up to quarterbacks. Well, nearly all of that has come to the wide receiver position. 1,136 yards, 400 more yards to wide receivers than the next closest team. 27 more DraftKings fantasy points to wide receivers than the next closest team. And so we've seen these two dominate at, at top three levels in the past with each other. Why not this week when the matchup couldn't be more ripe, when they're going to need points, when they're going to be playing from behind all week? 
I think this is Devontae Parker's, you know, two touchdown, 100-yard-plus day where he really has his coming out party. And he's only 5,700 on DraftKings. Give it to me all I was just going to say, like, what do you think a Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzpatrick Parker stack would cost you? It's it's fifty four hundred for par, uh, for Fitz and fifty seven hundred for Parker and that's literally how I start every lineup this week. I'm all about it. Really? Yeah. You're you're the money where your mouth is. Okay, I appreciate. Absolutely, it. no right. doubt. Terry McLaurin, you got him as wide receiver twenty two. The experts, the other experts, like him a lot more. Um, I, I cannot imagine putting him at twelve, which is where these guys have him. That just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, what, and as a guy wow. that loves McLaurin, you know, like I, I totally love the yeah, player. I like him, all right. He's 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 a very strong, solid player. Uh, saved me in leagues last year, but he didn't get it done last week. At least at like wide receiver twelve levels, eighty yards and you know five six catches. That's not wide receiver twelve levels, and that was against no. the Browns that were missing both of their starting corners. Now he's going to be getting a Ravens team that just got embarrassed on Monday night. You know they're going to be coming out for blood against a pathetic Washington team. There's no one on Washington I want to play this week. They're going to get steamrolled by the Ravens. They're going to get destroyed. What what better type of bounce back week for the Ravens after getting dismantled on public television than than the fucking Washington football team? Like semi-professional football team. Exactly. It is going to be a doormat game. And sure, there's going to be some garbage time. Maybe McLaurin hits another six for 80. But again, that's not what you want from your wide receiver 12. There's no way this guy has a big day. There's no way anyone on this team. I I wouldn't be shocked to see Washington go completely TD-less. Like maybe they get a field goal or two. Maybe they get shut out. I don't think McLaurin does anything against that secondary this weekend. Yeah, I think you're probably pretty close to right on on that. Hunter Renfro, of course, is our Hail Mary. Uh, 21% owned, so not as much, not as big a Hail Mary as the 2% guy you threw in last week, uh, or not last week, last position. Hunter Renfro, sell me. Tell me why. I want to mock you, but I want you to tell me why. <laughs> well, one, it's Hunter Renfro. So if you beat your opponent playing a dude named Hunter Renfro, that's like – Five seven, like 170 soaking wet, like yeah. just the most unathletic looking receiver, but then actually kind of sneaky smooth. That that always feels nice. And he's now sliding right in behind Darren Waller, the clear number two option in this passing game. I mean, was number seven in air yard percentage last week, 45% of air yards for the Ravens team uh last week. Goes six for 84 in a touchdown against a solid Pats defense. And now gets a Bills team that's been absolutely smacked around by slot receivers. Jamison Crowder, 7-1-15 in a TD. Mike Gusecki, 8 for 130 in a TD. Yeah, he's a tight end, but they were playing him at the yeah. big body yeah. slot. Yeah. Like, they were moving him into the slot. Uh, and even if, if you want to say, okay, well, he's a tight end. Well, Isaiah Ford, whoever the fuck that is, had seven catches and 75 yards against the Bills out of the slot. And then we just saw Cooper Cup have his nice bounce back effort. Nine catches, 107 in a TD. So... You get the great matchup. You get a guy that's getting peppered right now because all the injuries around him, 21% owned. Uh, everything just seems to be lining up for me. The guy's 4,600 on DraftKings too, so he's, he's kind of a lock, uh, like a, a lineup lock for me. I think Renfro really gets it done. Uh, he's just – Carr doesn't want to push it downfield ever, so he's going to go to this intermediate range guy. I think Waller bounces back pretty nice this week too. But I think Renfro also is a huge part of the passing game plan. So two things. First of all, you've convinced me. I mean, there, that's real data to suggest that this guy could have a legitimately good game. It wouldn't even be that big a stretch. So the second question I have is like, 
why is he only 21% owned? That that seems ridiculous. That doesn't yeah. seem like such a stretch on your part. It seems like people aren't paying attention. The, and the final thing I'll say is at the very end there when you said, uh, and also Hunter Renfro is 46 and you ended up saying $4,600. I thought you were going to say he was 46 years old. <laughs> and I was like, why have I not heard of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at a picture, you probably wouldn't even like. They're running a 46-year-old man out of the slot. He's got like a bald spot on the back of his head too. Like you wouldn't even, you would probably believe me if I told you he was 46 years old. That's Does he look kind of like, um, like uh, Alex Caruso on the Lakers? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Like it looks so old. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's go to tight ends. Guy, you're higher on TJ Hawkinson. You got him five spots higher than the experts. Uh, you know, you got, or you got him as your t- uh, tight end five. The experts have him at nine. You've got him four spots higher than the experts. Uh, I don't have a huge opinion on this one. So why are you so high on Hawkinson this week? Well, it's, it's more so the matchup. The Saints are giving up by far the most points to tight ends. Uh, it's actually not even close. It's like eight or nine more than the next closest team. A lot of that's inflated a little bit. You know, Waller had that monster Monday night game where he had 16 targets, 14 catches. Like that's helped inflate those stats, no doubt about it. But Hawkinson also could potentially operate as that guy. They're pretty good outside the Saints with Lattimore and Jenkins. And, and so I, I still think Galladay has a nice day. I don't really believe in Marvin Jones anymore at this point. But if you're going to attack this team, it is through that middle of the field. I think we get a shootout game. I, I think Stafford's going to look to his big body tight end early and often. Hawkinson's looking. When he gets the ball, he's looking great. And I think he's going to definitely get peppered more than he has all year. Back-to-back duds. But I do think uh, he really bounces back for a big one this week. All right, fair enough. A guy you're lower on, Hunter Henry. It seems like people are just perpetually high on Hunter Henry, whether he deserves yeah. it or not. And it's, I mean, they just they are. And look, we were we've been guilty of that a lot. I mean, there was a while when we would always really prize Hunter Henry in our draft. He would, you know, like clockwork, break his leg, and yeah. then our we you know, there'd be a lot of rage. But anyway, people still seem to be selling the guy extremely high, despite the fact that I really, really don't love the quarterback situation. Uh, I was going to say in San Diego, but they don't even play there anymore, I think. So um, why lower on him? I mean, I feel like I just made a semi-compelling case, but go ahead. Yeah, he's ranked as like a top six tight end uh, pretty pretty unanimously. And I I don't – that's a good question. Why? Like, I mean, the dude is – Compared to most tight ends, right, he, he gets a steady buffet of targets, about seven a game, and you can't really count on that for most tight ends. So I get the, that the target share is better than most, but he, he's not doing a whole ton with them. He's been the tight end 12, tight end 11, tight end 13, so like dependable tight end one, sure, but nothing flashy, no real upside. I mean, Keenan Allen's since Herbert took over, has seen 40% of this team's target share. Yeah. Austin Eckler had a nice rebound week too. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, he's kind of cleaning up the scraps and he'll get you a nice 60 yards on five catches and, and that's okay. But if I'm ranking, you know, for upside, which is what I always go for, then, then he's right around my tight end 12, which is where he has been finishing all season. Whereas everybody else has him at tight end six. So it's not necessarily like I hate the guy. He's going to get you, you know, eight to 10 points, but I'm going to aim a little higher, especially on things like DraftKings. Like, I'd much rather have Hawkinson, who everyone has below him. Mm-hmm. Give me the upside, definitely. All right, let's talk Hail Marys. And you should switch the banner to tight ends because I'm still looking at Hunter Renfro's name's, uh, name, and it's cracking me up every time I see it. <laughs> Robert Tanyan, you got him as your tight end 18. That's 10 spots higher than the experts. So, who, I mean, basically they're saying you don't start him. 3% yep. owned. 
Is this the guy that you were teasing earlier? It's my guy. You said you had a 97% unowned guy and you were going to guarantee a touchdown? Exactly. I mean, right, me. why not? He scored back-to-back weeks right now. Uh, they had you know, Jay Sternberger's nothing. He got hurt. And, and since then, Tunyon's kind of stepped in. The, their rookie got hurt as well. Kind of become their every-down tight end. And he scored in back-to-back weeks. And now he gets Atlanta, giving up the second oh. points to tight ends. Anybody against Atlanta always usually, oh, yeah, right? Anybody yeah. against Atlanta is usable. Um, and, and so we've seen those encouraging signs. The guy's a pretty athletic guy, too. Um, it's just a matter of the matchup. And volume from Aaron Rodgers right now is very valuable. So you, the sad thing is you won't get this guy on your main DraftKings slate because he's on Monday Night Football. But if you're playing oh, yeah. the, the full slate of games, he's probably like 3000 bucks, And again, 3% owned, so he's out there for you. And he's going to score a touchdown. That's that's all it comes down to is he's going to score a touchdown because Atlanta's that bad. Rodgers is playing that well. And he's scored in back-to-back weeks. It's not like this out-of-nowhere creature. The dude's been performing. So let, let's let him perform against the, the worst team in the league right now. Okay. I'm going to be, for the first time in my life, I'm going to be watching Robert Tanyan closely. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, you know, really enjoyed watching Red Zone last week. Yeah. I really, you know, so I appreciate it. Great perk of working at RSJ is the, the complimentary company red zone stream. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I'm all over Tanya this week. Solid. Right. I've been looking forward to this one. I've been <laughs> looking forward to this segment five bounce back or bench. And specifically, you know, it's funny when you said, Oh, we're thinking of doing this segment, the first person that popped into my head. And it seems like the person that was inquired about the most just in general, like, towards us and anyone else who professes to be a fantasy expert was this guy. First guy on your banner right there. First guy in a lot of our hearts, Joe Mixon. Bounce back or bench? Like, give, give it to me. I got a lot of thoughts on Joe Mixon. Um, I'm benching him this week. He's. I would have put him in my higher or lower Hail Mary, but I just wanted to make sure to say I can bench this guy this week. I'm done. Running back 23 in my rankings, minus 8 ECR. Now, if – Again, there's certain teams that like will have to start Joe Mixon. Okay, what but if you had Atlanta? Would you start him if he was playing Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, more so like five yards and three touchdowns. Exactly, but and it's not even the Jags. Like, it's not like the Jags scare me as a matchup. It's just why has Mixon earned a starting spot in your roster at this point? I mean, he's averaging. 9.1 PPR points per game, despite seeing a whopping 19.6 touches. Like that That's is garbage. a great workload. And so it's not like last year. I mean, last year, yes, it, it was certainly a, a, the worst experience. I wrote a screenplay about how much I fucking hated this guy. <laughs> I actually turned it on right when, so maybe I had to release Getting it. kicked around Hollywood right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the wolf tortures Joe a hot selling ticket. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just – Ugly. Gio Bernard seeing all the passing down work. I don't get why. Mixon, it's not that Mixon sucks either. Mixon, it's disgusting. But Mixon, you know, is better when he gets the work. He's just not getting it. And to me, it's like, okay, we we saw it last year and then he bounced back. No, no, I I even, I push back on that even. Right. The bounce back, I mean, like, like, can we talk about the alleged bounce back as it pertains to fantasy? Yeah. The guy had... Like three out of his last four games of the season were were good. One was very good. Two were like good. If you take so the first thirteen weeks of this guy's season last year, he was a six hundred yard runner that had scored two touchdowns. 
Horrible. Insert, that's your that's your entire fantasy regular season. So people say, oh, he did well in the playoffs. Well, you're not fucking going to the playoffs if he's one of your running backs. Exactly. So exactly. I don't even I don't even necessarily buy into the bounce back. Two of those games, by the way, were against the Browns. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm and, not a believer, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's the worst part about him, too, is like he has the draft capital that you always say in your head, I can't bench the guy. I paid my first rounder for him. So right, exactly. Not, not only is he just sucking for you, he he can't be benched because of his draft capital. And and I will openly admit, like I, I last week, a lot of people, James Robinson versus Mixon. I got that question a lot. And I said, Mixon, it's your first rounder. This is James Robinson. We haven't seen him. Robinson proceeded to put up 30 points. So it's like every time you're playing Mixon, you're costing yourself a shot at the next big thing because you're waiting for this guy to finally come out. And Mixon is good. I like Mixon as a player, but the usage is just, I don't understand it. And especially because Zach Taylor at the end of last year, their head coach came out and said, we only picked up our offense when we started to feed Mixon. And and you know what? We're not going to make that same mistake this year. And yet here we are again, undering less than, uh, you know, averaging less than 10 points per game. And how could your fantasy locker room? That's another part of this. Like, you keep going back to this guy. One, they're probably laughing at you. You're going to lose the locker room. You might already have lost the locker room. If you don't bench him now, you will lose your fantasy locker room. You cannot go back to Mixon right now. Make him earn it. Make him get his spot back in the lineup. At worst, if you're like truly desperate, then put him in your flex as like a nice little demotion. Send a message to him. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Him but I just – I don't see how you can have this guy in your lineup if you have a James Robinson, if you have a good viable option instead of him. I'm not buying the bounce back yet until I see it. So, so I'm benching him. Um, can I, you want to hear the trade that just went down in my hometown league? Involving Nixon? Yeah, just came across the, the wire right now. Let's hear it. Um, Aaron Jones in exchange for Joe Mixon. Straight up. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, and Alan Lazard. I mean, it always depends on rosters and like you know what their strengths were, but I, I would much rather have Aaron Jones than that fucking package. <laughs> I agree. In both cases. I yeah. agree. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. But anyway. But if the, if the, if the Aaron Jones owner is like 0-3. Oh um, no, I told you everybody in my league's 2-1. and one. Yeah, so I don't get why they're doing that. But hey. Aaron Jones is a really believe in Nixon. Yeah. I mean, you know, Aaron Jones is a monster. And I mean, uh, Joe Mixon is going to just be a cancer in that place. Awful. Yeah, that's going to get the coach fired. Let's talk about DJ Moore. Top two in air yard percentage in back-to-back weeks. That's something. Bounce back or bench? Well, uh, he's going to bounce back for that reason you gave me. Uh, you know, the the stats haven't necessarily been flowing. Um, and and that, that offense does spread the wealth quite a bit. Like, that's the Joe Brady way. That's the Joe Brady scheme. But he is using DJ Moore downfield a lot more. And it's just a matter of time before these guys connect. I think Arizona, a lot of people nervous that they're, you know, third best against receivers right now, but they've faced a lot of crap. And that's the one thing with matchups. Uh, we talk about, you know, you don't want to go too, too heavy on matchups only three weeks of data because Arizona's really faced a weak ass receiving core. McLaurin was the best receiver they faced, and he put up, you know, 150 in a touchdown. Yeah, he torched them. So, you know, I think DJ Moore could really rebound nicely if those air yards finally get converted. And I think they will. Um, I'm, I'm bouncing. I'm ready to, you know, put that guy right back. I think he bounces back um, and has a nice one. All right. Deshaun Watson, we've actually talked about him a little bit. We're kind of double dipping with Watson on some of these categories here. Uh, he's going against what uh, you, you like him as a obvious bounce back. 
Absolutely. Uh, we, we've talked about the buy low and that kind of transfers right into this week facing Minnesota, giving up the most, you know, third most points to wide receivers, uh, decent against other positions, but those speedy receivers on the outside, I think are just going to get open at will. Um, and this is going to be a big bounce back week. We just kind of picked the players. We're getting a lot of questions about yeah. uh, the studs that, you know, people are wondering at DJ Moore, Joe Mixon, Deshaun Watson, where we keep fielding questions about and Mixon right now is the only one I bench out of those guys. And Darren Waller, you've got, I mean, obviously you've got him as a bounce back as well. I got to say with, with him, I wouldn't have really even thought about benching him. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not like a gigantic, gigantic Waller fan, but seems to be the focal point in a lot of ways of that offense. And I'm not willing to sit somebody like that down unless I just have it like an amazing option. And, that, and that's exactly my mindset too. And it's more so I'm getting questions like, do I play Waller? Or do I play Hunter Henry? You know, like some teams have multiple, like decent tight ends and they're wondering which one to go. And I don't think you need to be wondering right now. I think it's, it's Darren Waller. Uh, The matchup's not scary. Buffalo, the second most yards to the position. Um, We saw what Gusecki did to them two weeks ago. And I think Waller's a better talent. Yeah, he looked banged up last week, but you know, a week to get healthy. The Patriots are so good at taking out what you do best. They, they focused on Waller. They took him out. That's not going to take me take me out from you know, using this guy again. I absolutely like Darren Waller. Get him right back into your lineup. I got one for you real quick. Yeah. A.J. Green. I love that one. Great question. And, and he, right along with Mixon, get him right on your fucking bench. Fuck A.J. Green. Uh, you know, company. There's not about these Bengals, man. Uh, there's There's no excuses for this guy at this point. Like, First, he sees 14 targets and gets like four catches for 20 yards. It's like, okay, what the fuck? And then he's like, all right, I, I wasn't in game shape, guys. I'm finally back. My legs are under me. Well, one, you're fucking a professional football player. Why is it taking you? Yeah, what have you been doing for the last nine months? Exactly. Like, what, what, what's wrong with you? This is your job, and you're not in game shape? Like, shut up. I already hate you for that comment. And then it's like, okay, so you're in game yeah, shape. I, that, are we going to go back to you? I, I wasn't. I already was not going back to him. But I, got, I get so many AJ Green questions. So I'm like, all right, people are considering going back to this guy. So fuck. Um, and, and then so he's got his game legs under him, right? And he's got the great matchup last week. And still does absolutely nothing. It's Tyler. Finally, Burrow was like, I need to go to the actual guy who produces. That's Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Boyd's Tyler the Tyler Boyd produced. 125, 10 catches. Like, I mean. I mean, Higgins is pretty good, too. Higgins looked better than A.J. Green. Saw more targets last week. There's no reason for A.J. Green to be in any lineups at this point until he proves otherwise. And I don't think he's going to prove otherwise. So, fuck A.J. Green. No way. Who do you think's the guy in the league that's that people have gone back to the most times expecting some sort of uh, glory. That's just never going to come. I have my thought because I saw him like all time or like this year. Well, maybe all time, but like this year, the guy that's currently in the league that we people just keep taking flyers on and they're just bitterly disappointed all the time. I'm trying to do who you're thinking of. I mean, like this year too. I'm thinking I of someone that you and I have thought was extremely sexy on more than one occasion. Who is it? Tell me. <laughs> Josh Gordon. Oh yeah. yeah. We're always you and I and plenty of other people. I mean, this year, no, not even not even a whisper. Right. But like, don't tell me we haven't been sucked in too many three, times. four years in a row on that guy. Look at the picture of this guy. Look how ripped he is. Yeah, right. Nah, <laughs> Remember how good he was in like 2012? Yeah, exactly. Led the league in only 14 games played and receiving yard. Like, oh, 
I've been sucked into that trap way yeah, we, too We much. really, and I, I'd give you shit for it, but man, I've, I've been sucked at bad. least as many times as you. I've drank the, I've drank the Gordon Kool-Aid. All right, uh, let's move on to hypotheticals. I got Ooh. a quick one for you. This won't take as long as the other segments, but let's say that you are, so the mafia is involved in this one, of course. <laughs> Um, not the Bills Mafia, the actual Mafia. So let's say you're in a situation where you have done something. That you, I was going to say you've done something to offend like some Mafia Don, but like let's say let's say you just uh, crashed your car into say yeah let's say you crashed your car into like the Mafia Don's Bentley or something like that. You were hammered. You were out having a good time. Uh, trying to pick up football players at the bar and you slammed right into this Bentley and guys get out and they grab you and you're like, wow, I'm in an awful lot of trouble right now. Um, And just randomly they have Joey Sly of Carolina Panthers in the car with them. He parties, he parties with the mafia. Why wouldn't they? He's got a big leg. I don't know if you've seen Joey. Joey Sly, you, we, you and I were both into Joey Sly for a while last year. We liked the Joey Sly leg. Absolute boot. <laughs> so they say, okay, I'm in a kind of charitable and kind of weird kind of a mood right now. So this damage to this Bentley, you're clearly never going to be able to pay off. Yeah. Um, you know, It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. RSJ hasn't hit it big yet. Um, he says, here are your options for me to forgive this debt. Either... The option number one is you have to let Joey Sly get a running start, you know, a few good steps and just haul off and kick you in the balls as hard as he humanly can. I had a feeling that was coming. (laughs) I told you it involved testicles. I mean, of course, they're going to be your testicles. So that's option number one is Joey Sly kicks you in the balls. And so that'll like one time really hard and that'll wipe the mafia debt. Yeah, This is not an appealing one. Second one, they go, oh, I noticed there's a football game on in that bar right there. And I noticed that the Falcons have a 15 point lead and we're going into the fourth quarter. If, or you can take the Falcons and if then, then they're up 15 again, if they win, we're good. Don't worry about it. We're not going to, you know, you don't have to pay for the car. Joey Sly is not going to kick you in the nuts, but if they lose, we're going to fucking kill you. Yeah. What do you do? Wow. I mean, Here's the t- <laughs> that's the hypothetical of the week. I I pictured like the Godfather's rolling out and like Joey Sly like hands. Yeah, Joey Sly, maybe he works for the guy. I don't know. Like, Joey, like, how did he I end up there? Joey Sly being a mafia enforcer after he's done playing? I can but see Joey Sly in his prime. Yeah, I mean, so here's the deal: they're gonna actually murder me, and and it's gonna be a bad death too, because that's the mafia. They're gonna probably yeah, break my legs before they do it. But Joey the Falcons are up fifteen. On me. The Falcons are like, up fifteen though. Yeah, they. So here's the deal: they've blown. I, I, have you seen that graphic where they've literally been 99 percent and 99 percent likely to win the last two weeks? 99 percent and 99.99 percent. That's. I mean, so how could I ever have faith in them? So if my li- life's on the line and the most brutal of deaths is on the line, along with that, it's not just a quick and easy death. That's part of it. I'm probably getting booted in the nuts as part of that death process by Joey Sly. If he's already there, like why wouldn't they? So. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm going to just gonna take that one time kick. You know, there's not much to hit down there, anyways. Let's be real. Well, there's <laughs> going to be even less after. At least one's going to be popped. Like, that sucks. And, and good oh, luck. man. It's going to hurt, but there's no. How could you ever have any faith in the Atlanta Falcons after back to back 
probability wins that they blow. I mean, as a Patriots fan, I've seen them clearly combust, and they're way worse than they were back then. They've never so, been the same since then. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I, I think I'm going to kick kiss you know one of my nuts goodbye and keep my life instead oh. of uh, you know taking that. Maybe both are gone, and that's too bad as well. But I'm still alive. I'm no, still first- Roto Street Journal, Wolfpack, everybody, we want to know what you think too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and here's here's the truth, man. I think I'd take the nut kick too. And it would just kill me to do it because I'm sitting here like. You got 15 fucking points. I got 15 points and it's the fourth quarter. What if I told you the Falcons like had the ball to start the fourth? Is, is there like an opponent? Like, do I, is it, you know. An average team, an average NFL team. It's not, it's not the chiefs, but it's not uh, the Broncos either. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the jets, right? It's not the jets. It's not the giants. Yeah. The run of the mill NFL team. The Browns maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe a little better than the Browns. Yeah. Like slightly above Browns level. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I think I'm getting murdered most likely. The thing that would really suck is after you got kicked in the balls and you're lying in the street, obviously people are videoing it. They're putting you on TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And you kind of glance up and you, you see the, you know, Falcons are up 28 or something like that. They score another touchdown. Exactly. And you're just like, well, I did this for nothing. I could have gotten out of this for nothing. Right. And now I'm down a nut. I, I'd love what to a crazy night. Hey, we should use that as a scene in uh, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Sly booting me in the balls. Well, you know, anybody, any kicker we could get, but the, just that hypothetical. Yes. I love uh, it. Um, uh, hopefully the Wolfpack comment in, would you take the, the Joey Sly or would you give the faith in the Falcons? I'd love to know uh, anyone who's still with us live here. Truth. Let's hear the, the, uh, the wrap up here. It's been a while. Let's see if you still got it. What the wrap up. Yeah. Do you have a wrap up? What, well, which part? What do you mean? Oh, the send off. Yeah. All right. It's been a blast. I really, really enjoyed uh, coming back, hooking up with the wolf again. I will definitely be back on <laughs> Monday. That just came ah. in. He's a, I'm like a flea. <laughs> yeah, I'm my kick. I'm uh, um, and I uh, teach high school special ed, Omar. Some questions came in late there, but surviving on the mean streets. Yes. Um, anyway, it's been awesome. Um, Thanks for the warm reception uh, from the Wolf and from the fans out there. We'll be back on. I'll definitely be back Wednesday. I might be back Monday as well. The Wolf, as he said earlier, he's getting back all sorts of times. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I am Nat the Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. Best of luck week four, guys. We'll see you soon. Later, everybody. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.